Hello, and welcome to another episode of ERG Power Talk. I'm your host, Joe Santana. That song you just heard is from a Dell computer commercial I saw a while back titled, We Stop at Nothing. And it captures the fire that's fueled all of the urgency that leaders and organizations are experiencing today as they try to adapt to a future that's already here and continues to speed up change and disruption. And the song says, We're going to want to get ready, but it seems that many corporate efforts aren't as successful as we would like them to be. Just a few years ago, McKinsey ran a survey of nearly 3,000 executives about the success of their enterprise transformation efforts, and they discovered a failure rate north of 60%. Meanwhile, Harvard Business Review conducted a similar study, and they found a failure rate of about 70%. So the bottom line is that leaders are really struggling to keep up with this current pace of change. And ERG leaders like you are finding yourselves in the same situation, dealing with disruptions and challenges. For example, in 2020, many of you suddenly found yourselves running totally remote communities and programs. And as you may have guessed, the pace of change is not going to slow up. You may have heard some people say that the slowest pace that you're ever going to experience already happened in your past. So the question is, what can you and other leaders do to get ahead of that curve? How can you keep yourself from just being swept away? And that's what my guest and I are going to be focusing on today. But before I introduce him, let's take a moment to revisit our mission and acknowledge our sponsors. This is ERG Power Talk, and I'm your host, Joe Santana. The purpose of ERG Power Talk is to provide a forum for the exchange of great ideas and inspiration for ERG leaders, as well as others who are interested in supporting ERGs. No more waiting until the next conference and praying that you have the budget to travel to the conference in order to find great ideas and stimulation toward action. Just subscribe and listen at your convenience. Before we begin, a quick note of thanks to our supporters and sponsors, Behringer Ingelheim, CVS Health, Dollar General, Freighter Health and Wisconsin Medical College, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Johnson Controls, Pitney Bowes, Daimler Trucks North America, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. Now, let's go straight to the program. Our guest today is Bob Rosen, a New York Times best-selling author, a trusted CEO advisor, and the chairman and CEO of a company that helps organizations and their leaders to get and remain healthy and grounded as they navigate through the rough waters of change. Bob, welcome to the show. Let's open the discussion with a little bit more about you and your background. Oh, it's great to be here, Joe, and uh, I look forward to the conversation. I'm a psychologist and a businessman, and I've been in business for 30 years running Healthy Companies, which is a global consulting and education company focused on human-centric leadership at every level of organizations. So, Bob, what led you to personally focus on these topics of being grounded, healthy, and conscious as a leader? I started out my career in the Department of Psychiatry at the George Washington School of Medicine. And then I ended up treating executive families, but the fathers 
who were successful businessmen never showed up for treatment. And eventually I met them and I found them to be very highly driven, emotionally disconnected men. And I got very interested in the psychology and psychopathology of men in power. And I started volunteering with the Business Roundtable, and I had an opportunity to really study large global companies and how they were managing or mismanaging the whole human side of their business. And I got a call from the MacArthur Foundation in Chicago, who threw a bunch of money at me to study what healthy leaders are all about and their healthy companies, healthy in a very broad sense. One of the things that became part of my research was to study CEOs of large global companies, the Toyotas, the Electroluxes, the BPs in this country, PepsiCo and Procter & Gamble and Boeing and the like. And I began to notice that the most successful people, the most successful CEOs were deeply self-aware and committed to their own development. And I began to notice some themes that were very important. Now, as the world has become so disrupted and accelerating with speed and uncertainty and complexity and technology and globalization and intense competition, we require a new kind of leader inside organizations. Leaders who, they have to perform against their competencies, but they need to develop some uber capabilities, if you will like self-awareness, like learning agility, like the capacity to adapt in real time, to live and thrive in uncertainty. These become personal capabilities that are critical for any leader, including an ERG leader. That's what we set out to do is to begin to develop that out and to bring that those capabilities back into the workplace through education. One of the things that I think is really important is that We traditionally have looked at leadership competencies and defined what leaders do. But what we say is that there's something before what leaders do, which is who they are as human beings. And we need to get much clearer about the fact that who you are drives what you do, which ultimately leads to how you perform. So the personal and professional parts of leadership the well-being and the leadership fields are coming together like never before. Those are excellent points. What you're talking about is focusing on the inside work before looking at how this person behaves on the outside. And just based on my corporate experience, I would be willing to wager that if we went back to each of those failed transformation efforts that I mentioned at the beginning of the program, that there was probably zero attention or little attention paid to that inside dimension in any of those initiatives. It was in all likelihood heavily focused on outside behaviors and what people should be doing. So take us now a little deeper into what the inside of a grounded, conscious, and healthy leader looks like. And as a contrast, give us a portrait of an ungrounded, unhealthy, and unconscious leader. The grounded leader is somebody who is rooted in six disciplines of health, their physical health, their emotional health, their intellectual health, their social health, their vocational health, and their spiritual health. And we find those leaders who are grounded outperform. The ones who are unmoored, I think the best example, frankly, and I don't want to offend anybody in your universe is Donald Trump. 
He really does represent an unhealthy, less conscious leader. So when it comes to diversity, uh, inclusion, and equity, I would find somebody who was arrogant, dominating, feels superior to another person, feels that people are different and unequal, and lacks a sense of empathy compared to somebody who's got a deep appreciation for our uniquenesses, who feels that people are created equal and different, and each person has a special contribution to make. And it's our job to facilitate a process where we each feel like we're valued in the workplace and in life. So those are two very different images of one who is grounded and conscious and one who isn't. That's a great picture. So you talk a lot about being grounded and conscious. Tell us more about what you mean by these two terms. What is being conscious and what role does that play in producing a healthy leader? Well, if you see grounded as the foundation, those six disciplines of health, being conscious is the accelerant. And the logic is that um, the more aware we are, the faster we adapt and the higher performing we are. And this is required of everybody in business today and tomorrow. So conscious is really awareness in action. Now, if you peel back the onion of what conscious is, we find in organizations that there are a number of people who are too stagnant. They're not growing and learning and moving fast enough in the changing world. Others are too shallow in their thinking, too superficial. And they're not going deep enough to understand their impact on other people and their own self-awareness. Other people are too narrow in their perspective. They're stuck in a steel box with old mental models and outdated assumptions, and they need to get up and look out over the horizon. And then the last thing is that they're too safe. They're, they're, they're afraid of change, and they don't grapple with and embrace uncertainty and change. So what does conscious mean? The first is you got to get real. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and you have to see the truth and reality for what it is. Secondly is that you have to go deep inside yourself. That means tapping into resilience. It's around understanding the full range of your emotions, both positive and negative, and to course correct into your positive emotions like empathy and hope and compassion and love and forgiveness faster than you might otherwise do. And then thinking big is critical. And then finally, stepping up. And I see stepping up as one, living with just enough anxiety, not too little and not too much. One is complacency, one is chaos, but just the right amount of anxiety that energizes you into a change leader. So that's what conscious is about. Now, traditionally, we've thought that being smart was the most important thing that you should be in organizations. But being smart has become table stakes. Now being conscious is the new smart. It's about being aware of yourself and other people. And that becomes the accelerant. So when you put grounded and conscious together, you get a set of personal capabilities that enables you to show up and deal with whatever is thrown at you. Those are great points, Bob. It indeed used to be that being smart was the valuable coin of the realm for leadership, that a person who was a storehouse of information was highly valued because, let's face it, information was hard to come by. 
But today, information is cheaper and more accessible to everyone and anyone who has access to a computer. And with all the disruption and turbulence, the usefulness of any information that we acquire quickly becomes outdated. So now what organizations need is someone who's open to what's going on around them and can very quickly respond without being overwhelmed. And that's where being a grounded and healthy leader becomes that new value differentiator. Bob, can you give us an example of a current leader that you would consider grounded and healthy? Two examples of CEOs. The first one is Alan Mullally, who used to be the CEO of Ford Motor Company. He came from Boeing and he really transformed Ford Motor Company. And I was interviewing him for my grounded book. And he jumped out of his chair and ran to his computer and he pulled off this little diagram, life's, my work, life's work. And it was around those six disciplines of health that I talked about. And he actually scheduled time in his schedule to nurture each of those six disciplines. And he said that it was foundational to his success. Another great example is Indra Nui, who just retired as the chairwoman and CEO at um, PepsiCo. And this is a really interesting person who grew up in a working class family in India. And her mother instilled in her this notion that she could be anything that she wanted to be. She came to the United States and started working as a secretary. And eventually she moved up into the finance and strategy division and eventually the CEO. And she is one of the most emotionally intelligent people that I've ever seen. She talks about it and she actually puts her principles into action in the kind of environment that she creates. And so what you find is you find more self-aware, grounded and conscious leaders who understand the human side of their business and they're able to champion it role model it and invest in it. And so I would say that you see CEOs who have really championed DEI with a sense of belonging, who really understand this issue inside themselves. I think that's very important. So Bob, what are some of the steps that you recommend for DEI leaders and ERG slash BRG leaders listening to this who want to get on the road to becoming more grounded, healthy, and more conscious right now. What are some things that they should consider? What are some things they should do? One of the things that we find with all jobs, but particularly with DEI jobs, and you probably would agree with me, is that job is becoming increasingly complex because We're having to bring in individuals who are tapping into their humanity much, much deeper. The need for resilience becomes more important. The job is more uncertain and complex. You're having to deal with all the contextual issues out in the real world around political and partisan polarization, and it shows up at work. So my first point would be that we have to walk our talk on this, then DEI professionals and DRG leaders have to become grounded and conscious to do the work so they're not hijacked or sabotaged by the arrows that get thrown at us when we are actually doing DEI work. I've been part of a number of community leadership organizations, and in fact, Leadership Washington is half African-American and half white. And to have a good, courageous conversation, there are going to be arrows pointed at each other. And out of that, hopefully comes wisdom and mutual respect. 
And I think that we have to be psychologically prepared for that and to create psychologically safe environments for people to flourish in those conversations. I think one of the trends that's going to happen is there's going to be a push toward more mixed groups in addition to or like identity groups in the future. And they're going to be more heated, but it enables the organization to get much more intimate. And we have to learn a different set of skills. For example, we have to teach people empathy, forgiveness, generosity, a sense of gratitude, curiosity, awareness, and authenticity. And those are more, those are deeper psychological principles that I think are so critical to embrace uh, the future of DEI and a sense of belonging. So I think a lot of it is committing to your own development and talking about these issues. So it's very interesting time for ERG leaders and DEI professionals. Okay, so here is what I've gotten out of this discussion with Bob so far. One, as the pace of the world has picked up and disruption has become the norm, the requirements for successful leadership have changed. Two, you don't become a successful leader today just by learning a bunch of techniques and executing them or accumulating a lot of hoarded knowledge. You become a successful leader in the 21st century by developing who you are. Three, to become a better leader, we therefore need to work on building a more grounded, healthy, and conscious version of ourselves, a version that can increasingly handle new challenges, disruptions, and change. Four, to do this, we need to intentionally work on developing ourselves in six core areas. These are our physical health, our emotional health, our intellectual health, our social health, our vocational health, and our spiritual health. Five, a big part of becoming healthier in all of these areas is becoming more conscious. This specifically calls for becoming more reflective, emotionally self-aware, open to new experiences, and able to handle some level of natural stress and tension. And finally, six, as a resource group leader supporting the DEI agenda, your organization, and your communities, you need to be part of the vanguard that leads the way in becoming more grounded, more conscious, and more healthier as a leader, which in turn positions you to take on ever-expanding positions of leadership in your organization. In the next segment of our discussion with Bob, we're going to look at some of the things we need to take into account as we go on this journey toward becoming healthier and more grounded and more conscious leaders. But first, let's pause and learn a little more about Bob's organization, as well as upcoming opportunities for you to continue to develop yourself as a leader. Healthy Companies is a global consulting and education company specializing in human-centric leadership. Founded by Dr. Bob Rosen in 1988, Healthy Companies has spent more than 30 years culminating in personalized 
evidence-based solutions that transform executives into healthy leaders, staff into high-performing teams, and companies into healthy and sustainable ecosystems. With the generous support of a grant from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation in 1990, we began an ongoing and in-depth study of global CEOs and executives and have published our findings in a number of best-selling books. We believe leadership is a deeply personal experience. With our Healthy Leaders program, we help leaders realize their full potential by connecting the dots between personal well-being and professional performance. Because who we are drives what we do. Healthy leaders, healthy companies. Visit us at healthycompanies.com. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-O-M-P-A-N-I-E-S dot com. That's healthycompanies.com. Hi there, this is Joe Santana, creator and host of ERG Power Talk. Are you getting the most out of this podcast? Is it turning you into a better version of yourself? A version of you that is ready to take on more significant assignments and opportunities in your career? Well, if you think you're ready to take your ERG Power Talk experience to the next level, I invite you to join us for this summer's 2021 ERG Power Talk Virtual Academy. Learn the secrets to getting promoted 500 to 600% more often than competitors, becoming a happier and more engaging leader, defrosting any middle managers that stand in your way and in fact getting them to open doors for you, mastering your emotions so that you can succeed in any situation and harnessing the persuasive powers of a Dr. Martin Luther King when you speak. If you are a member of one of the leading companies that I mentioned at the beginning of this program, then you're in luck. All you need to do is accept our calendar invite. Your company's sponsorship gets you a front row seat to the academy with no extra charge to you personally. You also get access to a full video recording of the program. But if you're not fortunate enough to work for one of these leading companies that sponsor the show, never fear. You can still secure a seat. Just go to ergpowertalk.com forward slash 2021 forward slash 05 forward slash 10 forward slash virtual academy. 2021 and register as an individual sponsor. Again, just go to ergpowertalk.com forward slash 2021 forward slash 05 forward slash 10 forward slash virtual academy 2021. ergpowertalk.com forward slash 2021 forward slash 05 forward slash 10 forward slash one word, virtual academy with no spaces and with no spaces followed by the number 2021. I'll be there to greet you personally with each of our guest instructors. Sign up now for massive early bird discounts. And we're back. Now let's rejoin Bob and continue our discussion. 
As I understand it, your company offers programs to help current and future leaders along this development journey. At Healthy Companies, what we do is we've created several education programs to teach being grounded, conscious, and also a program to teach change leadership. And those programs are offered face-to-face. They're offered in virtual instructor-led programs. And we also have a pretty robust portal where we can teach people through self-paced work. We find that when we offer these programs, people are so hungry to talk about these more intimate humanity issues. And I think it strengthens the bond, the sense of belonging that people have with with their organization. Yeah, I'm sure the type of programs that you're talking about reinforce strong bonds between team members. You know, Bob, one thing I see organizations driving more vigorously today with their resource groups is cross-group teaming, which some of them refer to as intersectional relationships. And these companies continue to recognize the benefits of people being in groups with others who share their social identity, but they also recognize the benefits that come from that cross-pollination of ideas and perspectives. And I'm sure that's something that you've personally experienced just as I have. I know for myself that as a gay man, I still like to keep a couple toes into my gay and lesbian community because we have a like-minded experiences with a like-minded identity and I get solace and support from that. Having said that, my husband has been a politician who has run Arlington County in Virginia, where I've lived, and he was the first openly gay elected official in Virginia, but he's brought me into contact with school board members and families with young children, and that has been just as rewarding as having my own identity group, and so I think that both are really critical, I think, for the evolution of our own human development. And I think that we're going to be doing more of that in business. Yeah, that makes sense, Bob. Okay, so let's say that our listeners are really excited right now, and they're ready to go as soon as they get to the end of this podcast. What are a few steps that you recommend that they take right now to start moving in the right direction toward becoming a more grounded conscious and healthy leader? Grounded, as I said, is organized around six disciplines. And we find that those six roots, the physical, emotional, intellectual, as I talked about, they act as as an integrated leadership system, much like the human body, where the respiratory and gastrointestinal and nervous systems, they're all connected. And so you need some of all six, but we're not best in class or high performing in some of those of the six at any one point in time. So you really have to understand what are your strengths and your vulnerabilities. I know, for example, when I write, I go to the gym left often, I meditate less often, and but my intellectual health and my vocational health is activated. So I have to make sure that I focus on my physical health and my spiritual health in order to keep me grounded. And I think we all have a different set of disciplines. And so we have a heat map that we use where people self-diagnose themselves and they have to drill down. And in our portal, actually, we have a list of 10 steps that people can take in each of those six disciplines. So really knowing where you stand becomes very important. With respect to conscious, we can do what we can together what we can't do alone. 
And basically, conscious is in the eyes of the beholder. And so we need to open up our feedback membranes and let information into us. And by asking questions of other people in terms of how you're coming across and what's the feedback that people want to give. And people are much better judges of who we are than we are ourselves. And so really staying open to feedback becomes very important. And then there's specific skills. For example, if you want to get real in conscious, you have to begin to understand the difference between facts and assumptions. We operate with lots of assumptions, but many of them are not facts or data. And we have to test those assumptions all the time. And your field knows that better than anybody around unconscious bias. Another thing to get real is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we were never taught as kids to thrive in uncertainty. We were all taught to enjoy stability for what it is, but uncertainty is a totally different ball game. And so it's understanding what you can and cannot control. And it's understanding what's working and not working and to thrive with just the right amount of anxiety. So there are very specific tips and tools and uh, strategies for each of those six dimensions, as well as the four practices of conscious. We also learn the importance of accelerators and hijackers to really understand what are those things that drive you forward, like hope or faith or confidence courage, and what are the hijackers that hold you back? And the more knowledge you have of your accelerators and hijackers, the more likely you're going to step in the right direction versus the wrong direction. Those are great insights, Bob. What are some other things that stand in the way of someone becoming the kind of grounded, conscious, and healthy leader that we need in today's high-paced, remote, and automated world? And what can we do about it? My sense is that I I tend to see the world as people choose every moment consciously or unconsciously to live their life in fear or love. And a lot of people walk around scared. And I think they're scared of two things. One is they're scared of really understanding and knowing themselves. And so they spend a lot of time hiding their most authentic real self, which is a very beautiful self, but people create moats around themselves and they don't want to share that particularly to themselves. And then secondly, is that people are scared of their relationships with other people. They're scared of being intimate. They're scared of being vulnerable. They're scared of being authentic because they think that the other person is gonna judge them the wrong way and they're gonna feel bad about themselves. So what's happening is that technology and the growth of remote work is bringing all of us inside of the homes of everybody else. And we're seeing people in a more holistic sense. And it's gonna require people who are more real, who are able to talk about themselves and their philosophies and beliefs about life and work, as well as letting people in into those more intimate relationships. Because I think to thrive in a remote environment, we need to understand what is balance, and everybody defines balance differently. We have to build incredible mutual trust 
Because if you don't trust another person, you're going to be micromanaging and controlling to deal with your perceived sense of accountability. Um, I think accountability is clear. We've got to make and keep commitments as adults and mature adults, intimacy, and also connection. And so we have a whole new set of skills that we need to learn to thrive in a remote environment. And I think all of that is good, but if we don't focus on those critical skills, we're not going to get this right. How do you recommend that DEI and ERG leaders connect these efforts to the business strategy so that they can add measurable value as grounded, healthy, and conscious leaders? If you're lucky, that head of DEI is reporting to the CEO, but sometimes not. And so it's how do you get aligned with the CEO agenda? And I find that Spending more time reading annual reports and speeches of the CEO to see how you can take the work that you're doing in the belly of the organization and align it to the words and the actions of the CEO. I think secondly is to really understand that they think about this from an enterprise strategy perspective about how do I link the business strategy to our leadership strategy is the kind of leaders that we need to the culture strategy is what kind of environment did these leaders create? And somewhere in there is DEI under the banner of employee experience. And so I think there's great opportunity for the DEI function to become part of the fabric of employee experience and the culture and leadership strategy of the organization. Yeah, good points. What are some other opportunities, Bob? I I think another issue that's going to come up in the future is there's a real opportunity for DEI to connect with the whole globalization strategy. I wrote a book a couple of years, maybe 15, 20 years ago called Global Literacies. And I found that the most globally oriented people were proud ancestors of their own country. They didn't feel superior or inferior to other countries. They were also inquisitive internationalists. They wanted to learn from other cultures and countries, and they became respectful modernizers by bringing that information back into their home country. And as a result, they became great culture bridgers and global stewards of the organization. And so I think in the future, because globalization isn't going anywhere, it's still going to be, most companies are global because they have a website. But I think developing that global mindset is going to be really important. And I think DEI has plays a big role in that moving forward. So my take on this is that there are plenty of opportunities for ERG leaders working with DEI as grounded, conscious, and healthy leaders to support their organizations through this time of transition. I believe that we're in a shift in our culture from hierarchy to more democratization of development with a greater appreciation and focus on the development part of leadership development or career development, which is a really good thing. And so that's the first thing. I think the second thing is that, for example, we're doing a big project with Cigna and they have put grounded and conscious at the middle of their whole talent strategy. And they're developing a grounded and conscious workforce And some of the efforts are face-to-face, others are virtual instructor-led, and some are self-paced 
for the masses. I think another thing that's happening is that there is emerging DEI well-being and leadership that's coming together, leadership writ large, leaders at all levels, where there's an opportunity to share insight and capability in the employee experience arena and work together because they're each educating people about a different part of the elephant. But in fact, all parts are really relevant to the human being. And so I think there's real opportunities there. For us, we do large-scale consulting, but we primarily focus on education. So I'm a big fan of development and getting a grounded and conscious leader coach, educating yourself and your team around grounded and conscious leadership, participating across the organization with these other developmental functions. Career development would be another one that, that fits the bill. So That's my recommendation. So, Bob, it sounds like your dog, Tessa, has gotten to the limits of her restraint and she's giving you some feedback. (laughs) Fortunately, we're near the end. What is your website and how can our listeners get a hold of you and some of the resources that you talked about earlier? Our website is www.healthycompanies.com and I welcome personal emails. And my email is bob.rosen at healthycompaniesoneword.com. And, and I, we're all learning. We're all on a journey, learning about how this is fitting in. And I think fortunately, between what's happening in the context of the world and what's happening in the human heart and the human mind, this field holds great promise. And, and I'd love to work more with the ERG professionals to take the field to the next level like you are taking. Thank you, Bob. And thank you for joining us today. I really appreciated all the insightful comments. And I think this is a timely topic. Okay, so here's what I got out of the second part of our discussion with Bob. One, depending on what we are doing, we may be naturally exercising some of the core areas of leadership health while giving less attention to others. We need to make sure that we don't ignore any of these important core areas. So we need to check in from time to time and make sure we reinforce all of the core areas. Two, to increase our self-awareness and raise our consciousness, we need to make ourselves more open to feedback and we need to develop our ability to distinguish between facts and our assumptions. Three, we also need to become more aware of the things that support our development as a healthy leader, collectively referred to by Bob as accelerators, and the things that knock us off our path, which he referred to as hijackers. Four, we need to become more comfortable in our skins and with our true selves. And finally, five, we need to become more open and vulnerable in working with others. The American actor Robert Ulrich once said that a healthy outside starts from the inside. And the same is true of the kind of healthy leadership we need in the 21st century. Of course, there is value in learning how to present, how to run projects, and a plethora of other important how-to skills. But For all of these to truly come together and produce the kind of success we want with our groups and in our company, we need to set these on top of a strong, healthy, conscious, and grounded personal foundation. So I invite you to embark on your own journey of self-development as a healthy, 
conscious, and grounded leader. Thank you for tuning in to ERG Power Talk. If you enjoyed and got value out of this program, please like us and leave a favorable review at your podcast provider's site. Also, invite others to listen to the show. By the way, contact me if you're looking for an ERG Symposium keynote or a leader for your strategy workshop, new chair onboarding, and or ERG bootcamp. I can run these for you either in person or in a virtual setting. Also, for more great ideas and tips for your ERGs, get my book, Supercharger ERGs, 18 Tips to Power Up Your ERG Strategy on Amazon.com. I'm Joe Santana, and thanks again for tuning in.